Hey everyone, I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea, a solo episode today. Uh, thank you all for downloading and for listening. We come to you from Mokinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Sutsina Nations, the Iyahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. Now the part that I normally do. Our sources for the show today, history.com and and npr.org. So, uh, Kim is out this week. It is a solo episode, just your boy here, as, uh, yeah, we thought, you know, last week covered abortion rights, this week, let's just go into racism, shall we? Uh, so today's episode, as you can already tell by the title, is on the L.A riots um just quickly thank you all so much again downloading listening we greatly appreciate it if you can rate review subscribe wherever possible and yeah follow us on instagram at we had no idea podcast and you can email us at we had no idea podcast at gmail.com so without any further ado let's get into today's episode. The 1980s brought rising unemployment, gang activity, drugs, and violent crime to the poorer neighborhoods of Los Angeles. Aggressive eff uh, efforts to exert control by the Los Angeles Police Department fostered a belief among minority communities that its officers were not held liable for abusive police actions. The LAPD at the time was almost an occupying force, particularly biased against people of color, says lawyer and civil rights activist Connie Rice. Quote, what we had was aggressive parliamentary pol uh, policing with a culture that was mean, cruel, racist, and abuse of force in communities of color, particularly poor communities of color, Rice says in an interview with NPR's Grigsby Bates. It was an open campaign to suppress and contain the black community. LAPD didn't even feel it was necessary to distinguish between pruning out a suspected criminal where they had probable cause to stop and just stopping African-American judges, senators, and prominent athletes and celebrities simply because they were driving nice cars. So um, th this is certainly a time that, I mean, the, it's, I mean, you can tell it boils over here, but unrest is is very very high you hear about it in rap music at this time like you hear about in the nwa song in in south central los angeles they they, they reference that and some not great things i realized halfway through it's like oh wow i definitely can't say half the words they say in that so never mind uh but you you know you know where i'm going if you know the songs and if you don't you can kind of figure it out that this is this is a time where there is a lot of unrest and a lot of frustration all over the uh, North America, really. I'm sure all over the world, but all over North America, really. But for our purposes, certainly in South Central Los Angeles. In August of 1988, as part of LAPD Chief Daryl Gates's quote, Operation Hammer drug sweeps. God, that's like... We talk about the militarization of police now, but Operation Hammer... All right, man. Uh, more than 80 officers tore apart a pair of apartment buildings on Dalton Street in South Los Angeles, leasing, leaving dozens homeless. Think about that. Not just like, oh, man, they wrecked a bunch of their stuff. Left dozens 
homeless. In January of 1990, a skirmish between the LAPD and the Nation of Islam members following a traffic stop resulted in the death of 27-year-old Air Force veteran Oliver Beasley. Early on March 3rd, 1991, an intoxicated parolee named Rodney King led police on a high-speed car chase before stopping in Lakeview Terrace. His subsequent beating, which left him with a fractured skull and cheekbone, was caught on video by Lakeview resident George Holliday, who forwarded it to local TV station KTLA. Within days, the footage of police repeatedly hitting a black man with batons was airing on all major networks. KTLA, uh, for those who are unaware, like now... It's a big TV station, and that's when, like, local TV stations, like, I know what KTLA is, and I, I don't need to know what any local TV stations were. At the time, KTLA, forget about it. One of the, God, I just turned into, like, an 80-year-old. Ah, forget about it. Um, but forget about it. Uh, it was one of, like, the biggest local TV stations in North America. Um, like, this is one that was very respected, and you can tell that the... Um, I guess, kind of reach that they have, that this thing is able to, to spread within days, and it drums up nationwide outrage against the officers involved. On March 15th, LAPD Sergeant Stacy Kuhn and officers Lawrence Powell, Timothy Wind, and Theodore Brizano were indicted for assault in the King beating with Kuhn and Powell, also charged with filing false police reports. Just the, the, will the anarchy not end? The African-American, I, I say that sarcastically, that is also a shitty thing to do. I mean, it's caught on tape. And this is also at a time, like, shout outs to George Holiday. This is at a time not everyone's rocking video cameras on their phones. I mean, no one is. But, like, th those are two separate entities back in 1991, and not everyone had the, the video camera. So for him to, to do that, like, just everything kind of aligns in this situation. The African-American community endured another blow the following day when 15-year-old Latasha Harlins was shot and killed by Korean grocer Soon Ja Du over a disputed shoplifting. There is a video of it. I believe the documentary is called LA-92 on Netflix. It's... It's one of the ones that doesn't have any narration or any interviews or anything on it. Tremendous, tremendous um, video. Not necessarily a great resource for us because it's just rehashing everything, but uh, a tremendous documentary to show just what was happening and kind of get you in that moment at that time. And that it just the the video like it's all on um, it's all on security footage, and the video of it is horrifying. And it's a, a miss. There's kind of a, a miscommunication that goes on to it. And again, like there's a lot of tensions in this neighborhood at that time and obviously just a, a horrifying incident takes place shortly afterward la mayor tom bradley formed the independent uh christopher commission named for co-chair warren christopher to investigate operations within the lapd in july the commission published a report that detailed repetitive use of excessive force and recommended a new system of accountability though gates staunchly defends the practices on November 15th, uh, Dew drew a sentence that included community service and suspended jail time, a decision that outraged Harlan's families and supporters. Eleven days later, it was announced the trial for four officers in the King beating would be moved from Los Angeles County to the predominantly white Ventura County. In February 1992... Sorry, I'll put a pin on this for a second. I should have broke these two up. Um, so yes, that... Again, in the documentary, the judge who has to read out this verdict 
you can see just visibly heartbroken. And it like, there's almost like she's the, the human representation of like her whole body just exudes that. It's like, this is not okay that this happened. And that there's, there, there's a conflict there because do is not a hardened criminal, but she did something horrifying that, I mean, completely altered so many lives and took away the life of a, a 15 year old. So obviously um, not a good situation, but I believe the fine was $500 and suspended jail time in community service. And then this, the, the Rodney King case gets moved to a predominantly white neighborhood. In February 1992, when I say predominantly white, uh, the trial commenced with a 12-member jury that included one Latino, one Asian American, and one half African American. At about 3.15 on Wednesday, April 29th, the jury released the verdict. All four officers were acquitted of charges in the King case, save for a mistrial on one charge against Powell for excessive force. And if you've never seen the Rodney King video, I don't, I mean, I was going to say I recommend it. Uh, don't, because it's like, it's just an unarmed person getting the ever-loving hell kicked out of them by a bunch of police officers in like just a rather lengthy beatdown. Um, it was, it's, it's very difficult to watch even a, a clip of it, but the entire thing and they show it and it's like, it's, it's right there. And you, you hear that here, uh, Jody David Armour, a criminal just, uh, criminal justice and law professor at the university of Southern Carolina, uh, sorry, California. When the verdict came out, it was a stunner for people coast to coast. My jaw dropped. There was ocular proof of what happened. It seemed compelling. And yet we saw a verdict that told us we couldn't trust our lying eyes. That what we thought was open and shut was really a reasonable expression of police control toward a black motorist. At this point, everything erupts. Like, everyone is ready. Like, okay, there's been all of this against the LAPD. It's the war on drugs. Um, you know, again, the, the, the rap song, they create the war on drugs so the police can bother me. Um... You, you have that, you have all the you have Operation Hammer and all of these types of things going on. You have a 15-year-old black girl shot and killed and nothing comes of it. But now you have this, you have visible proof of excessive police force. Like what, was Rodney King um, innocent of all crimes? No, of course not, he was, he was driving intoxicated. But that doesn't mean you get the shit kicked out of you for 15 minutes by four armed officers who have weapons. You know, like there's, there's a middle ground here somewhere and they were way too far on one side of it. And so this was, this was the time, this was okay. It, it is so unfortunate that all these things are happening and it doesn't make sense for all of these different, or it, do, it doesn't make up for all of these different things, but at least there's a little bit of justice coming. And instead it's nothing instead of one fucking mistrial. So at this point, the city erupts. So we mentioned, uh, this came down at 3.15. By 5.30, the unrest had grown violent near the intersection of Florence and Normandy Avenues in South LA. Hundreds of people had gathered at the Los Angeles County Courthouse to protest, uh, protest the verdict. It spreads out onto the streets. Locals attacked passing motorists and forces overwhelmed uh, the LAPD officers to the point where they had to retreat. A news helicopter captured the footage of white truck driver Reginald Denny being pulled from his rig and beaten nearly to death with no signs of police assistance. Minutes later, a Latino driver named Fidel Lopez endured a similar attack. Like, there is literally hundreds of people in the streets and any vehicle that happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, they are getting stopped, they are getting pulled out and beaten within an inch of their life. In a matter of 
hours, neighborhoods across south-central Los Angeles were in flames as rioters firebombed thousands of buildings, smashing windows, looting stores, attacking the Parker Center Police Headquarters in downtown Los Angeles. Like, this was... Um, it, it, some of the scenes are incredible to see, um, and not in a good way. Like, it, it looks like a war zone, but it's such a contradiction. And it, it's really an interesting... I guess, look at the, the, the yin and yang of what Los Angeles actually was and actually is to this day, where you have like the beautiful Hollywood Hills and all this, the, the houses that you see on Selling Sunset. I mean, they're not there at the time. They're modern houses, but th that those sorts of areas. And then you have South Central Los Angeles literally on fire, smoke billowing up through the air like a war zone, like shots that we only see from the dead of the night in places halfway around the world. This was happening in one of the most famous places on the planet, in Los Angeles. When 911 calls about the violence started coming in, police were not deployed immediately, though LAPD Chief Daryl Gates announced early in the afternoon that his officers had the situation under control. It would later be reported that the city was not adequately prepared for the riots. In fact, there was no anticipation of or official plan at the department for major social unrest on this scale. Think about the... I guess arrogance, ignorance for sure. I mean, this whole episode is about ignorance. Um, but think about the arrogance that, no, our guys are going to get off clean and everyone's going to be fine with it because we're the LAPD and we just get away with everything. So why would there be major social unrest? How how how, how could people be upset with the truth and with justice? Um just, again, arrogance is the, the best way to describe it. By the end of the day, California Governor Pete Wilson had declared a state of emergency and ordered the activation of Reserve Nation uh, National Guard soldiers. The citywide unrest showed little signs of slowing down the next day, April 30th, prompting the suspension of rapid transit, mail service, schools, and professional sports games. Many businesses closed, leaving residences to, uh, residents sorry, to wait in long lines for food and gas while other store owners, like bands of armed Korean merchants, chose to engage the looters. So this turns into, you have one segment that are just lighting everything on fire. Like, enough is enough. We have had it. We are lighting everything on fire. We're, what police are showing up, we're fighting them. Anyone driving by, we're kicking the shit out of them. And then you have some others who are like, man, I'm using this to get a TV, who are going and looting. And you have, and this isn't just like, I'm standing there and fist fighting. There are videos of uh, store owners of all different sorts of nationalities, like camped out on their rooftops, like it's fucking Grand Theft Auto, shooting as looters come in and out of their stores. It is absolute, it really seems like it's either a, like apocalyptic movie or some fucking video game or something. But it is, again, it is Los Angeles, California. You have the Lakers, the Dodgers, um, you have uh, the Kings aren't that big of a thing. I guess when Gretzky, yeah, Gretzky would have been there at the time. You have the Kings. Um, you, you have like every movie ever at least has some form of basis in Los Angeles, Hollywood, all of these, the glitz, the glamour. And instead it's Korean store owners firing off at people who are stealing laundry detergent um, as other people are fighting police. Like it, it is a chaotic, a chaotic scene. May 1st, the third day of continued rioting was marked by the television appearance of King, who asked for the ma'am to stop quietly pleading, can we all get along? 
That evening, President H.W. Bush also took to the airwaves to denounce both the senseless deaths of the riots and the police brutality that inspired them and to announce the dispatch of thousands of federal officers to Los Angeles. So May 2nd, with 6,000 National Guardsmen bolstered by the addition of another 4,000 federal troops and Marines, the disorder had largely shut down. An estimated 30,000 people marched at a peaceful rally for Korean merchants and volunteers began cleaning up the streets. Meanwhile, arraignments began for some 6,000 alleged looters and arsonists. A couple of days later, on May 4th, Mayor Bradley lifted the citywide curfew and residents attempted to resume day-to-day -day activities, with schools, businesses, and rapid transit resuming operations. Federal troops stood down on May 9th, and the National Guard soon followed, though some soldiers remained until the end of the month. So for some of these people, this is a month long, because remember, it, it all starts the 29th and the 30th, um, and then some of these guys aren't out, uh, 29th, 30th, sorry, of April. And then some of these dudes aren't out till June. It's, it was that type of a situation. It is, again, some of the scenes, it's unbelievable. And it's just, it's a, it's a population that had just had enough. Like that this was the last straw. And it's like, if you, if you guys are going to treat us either like criminals or beyond what crime we've committed well we're gonna show you crime like and th this gets into the whole justification of whatever um i'm not saying burn down a building or start looting from different businesses or anything like that but goddamn, you can see where frustration can can boil over in those types of things like that video and then nothing coming from it it's i mean something actually came of it eventually with the, the george george floyd situation but i mean you, you think about that now and just how one a couple of groups lighting things on fire and all the, the looting and stuff like that turned into a, a national thing. This was the whole gosh darn city burning to the ground, essentially. Uh, the final tally for the LA riots included 2,000 injuries, 12,000 arrests, and 63 deaths attributed to the uprising. Upwards of 3,000 buildings were burned or destroyed, and 3,000 businesses were affected as part of the $1 billion in damages in 1990. Um, sustained by the city, leaving an estimated 20 to 40,000 people out of work. Of those arrested during the riots, 36% were African Americans, 51% were Latinos, according to the Rand Corp. Governor Wilson and Mayor Bradley, as someone goes ripping by our house here, going to leave all that in. Uh, Governor Wilson and Mayor Bradley tapped Major League Baseball Commissioner Peter Ubroth to lead the, quote, Rebuild LA effort, which attracted nearly $400 million in corporate investments and set in motion a series of grassroots movements to foster job training and community involvement. Attention was also focused on the culpability of the city's law enforcement. On May 11th, former FBI Director William H. Webster was named to head an investigation into the LAPD response, or lack thereof, during the riots and in late June embattled Chief Daryl Gates stepped down. In October, the commission rule, uh, sorry, the commission issued a report that criticized both the LAPD and City Hall for being unprepared and slow to handle the response to the riots. No shit. Um, critics of the LAPD earned some vindication in 1993 when officers Kuhn and Powell were sentenced to 30 months apiece for violating King's civil rights. You think. In April 1994, King was awarded $3.8 million in a civil lawsuit against the city. He bought a modest house for his mother and one for himself in uh, the LA suburb of Rialto? 
That doesn't sound right. Uh, and occasionally spoke with at-risk kids at the request of local police. Man, if I'm him and local police makes any kind of request of me, there is no end to the amount of going and fucking themselves I'm telling them to do. But again, like that, he King did not want any of this attention. Really, he didn't want any. Uh, certainly, didn't want any of the riots. He didn't want any of this to to be brought upon him. Uh, he was the son of an alcoholic father who continued to struggle with his own alcohol use after the beating. He told NPR in April of 2012 that his sobriety was a work in progress. He was engaged to be married when he died that June. A skilled swimmer and surfer, King was found unconscious at the bottom of a swimming pool. His autopsy reported drugs and alcohol were in his system at the time of his death. He was 47. There are no ends to the tragedy uh, of this entire thing. Um, the, the situation that led up to it, the situation that caused all of it, the situation that happened after all of it with the, the rioting and the looting and everything like that. But the one of the, the real tragic stories of this whole thing is King, who, again, is just trying to, to live his life. He makes a mistake and he becomes this national figure and just becomes associated with all of these different types of things that that would have to just that, that that would drive any person to any sorts of things and to, to be kind of biologically or whatever, just have it around you. Um, more, I guess, leaning that way. Um, it's just, it's so sad. The whole thing is so sad. Although the LAPD demonstrated improvements with community-based programs, it resisted implementing most of the recommendations of the 1991 Christopher Commission. It wasn't until the Rampart scandal of the 1990s, which exposed widespread corruption within an LAPD gang unit, that serious change was enacted. In 2000, the city of Los Angeles entered a consent decree with the U.S. Department of Justice that allowed an independent monitor to oversee reforms. After taking over as LAPD chief in 2002, William Bratton was credited with taking steps to overhaul and improve the perception of the department. In 2013, Department of Justice oversight of the LAPD was fully lifted. However, a 2020 report by the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights found that thousands of non-traffic infractions issued by police in California were being disproportionately enforced on black and Latino residents. So, as with most things that we deal with, um, on this show, on this subject, and on too many subjects, it is a igniting incident, I guess, um, that ignites a fuse that had been lit or that had been, I guess, kind of set. I don't really know how fuses work, so I'm kind of forcing the metaphor. Um, that had kind of like that it just lit off a powder keg that had been building and building and building and building for years. And then something happens, and okay, well, maybe we're going to have something come out of this. And then in the end, it circles back around to today and you realize hasn't, hasn't changed a lot. And you just, I, I think of, um, I think of the, I believe it was the mayor of Minneapolis. Um, when the, the George Floyd situation was all playing out and it was the, the days after, and you had people coming from all over and I, I it was either the mayor or a governor or someone, I apologize for, for getting it wrong. And he, um, there, there was all of these protests nationwide. And he said, we have to fix this now because if we're not going to fix it now, we are never going to. And it just feels like you have all, you, you have a lot of those moments, right? Like you have, um, you have a lot of these like, okay, 
Now is the time. Martin Luther King Jr. We're marching um, to the Lincoln Monument. We're doing this thing. If we don't change things now, we are never going to. You have the Rodney King situation. It the Video in front of God and everyone showing the exact thing. There wasn't a, oh, well, it's the angle. Oh, it's the whatever. No, 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 no. It's these guys pulled this dude over, dragged him out of his car, and kicked the shit out of him with weapons for 15 minutes. And that video played in front of a jury. And they were like, eh. Um... And that doesn't change anything. And then you have the, the George Floyd incident where the entire thing caught on video. You see a pattern here and it just, and th th this is like, I, I can't imagine living it, you know, like th this is the, the privilege of it uh, for, for the white dude here in Calgary where I, I can come on here, I can talk about it, we can donate to, to certain things, we can, all of these types of things. But if I feel a little bit uncomfortable with just, oh man, it's really heartbreaking. It's really tough to read all of this stuff. I'm going to take a break. Some people can't take a fucking break from all this stuff. And that is, it's just the damnedest thing, man. Like it, it, it is so frustrating. It has to be so frustrating. It's frustrating for me. And I, I can't imagine like if you've lived through all of these events to, to see all of these things happening and to see nothing really coming from it. And just like the quiet parts said out loud and think about what we, we read here. Um, you have all of this going down with with Rodney King and the, the riots and everything like that. You have the Christopher Commission releases their report in 1991, and it's not until corruption in the LAPD anti-gang unit that serious change is enacted. So it takes something financial to change things around, right? Or it, it takes, like, what more did you need to make big changes than what you saw play out in front of you for a couple of weeks in Los Angeles or for years in Los Angeles, but it's a bit of, but it's, it's corruption. I don't want to say a bit of corruption. I didn't read too much into it. Um, but it's corruption that causes these things to change. It's, it's a, a shitty note to end all this on for the second week in a row we're doing this. Um, but it's, it's a shitty thing to, to just see all of it play out and just not really know, not really know when there's an end in sight. Because, like, for a lot of us, we can see what the end in sight is supposed to be, right? Like, it's, and it's not, not asking to, I mean, it shouldn't be asking to change the world. It is asking to change the world, but it's not asking for the world. It is just asking for equal treatment of people and just to not have people be pieces of shit. That, that is literally all we are asking for. And even that, just a step too far for some people. So, um, this wasn't the funny haha -ha episode. That is, uh, for damn certain. And so, I, I, if you are still listening to this point, thank you. I guess. Um, well, no, certainly thank you. I don't guess. Certainly I thank you very much for, for tuning into this today. But yeah, just wherever you are, see what you can do to help in your area and to, to whatever extent you can. Obviously, different people are in different situations. Um, if, if I don't think Elon Musk is listening to this, but hey, if you happen to have $40 billion laying around, I'm sure there are some things you can help out aside from buying up the world's largest sounding board so uh rate review subscribe wherever possible thank you all so much for downloading and for listening i don't know what we have planned for next week it's probably going to be happier again we we have no set way of ending these things thank you all for downloading and we will talk to you next week Bye bye